Hello? Hello, Sydney. Remember me? What do you want? I want you. It's showtime. Then why don't you show your face, you fucking coward? My pleasure. Welcome to episode 26 of Once Upon a Nightmare. I am your host Lorraine and I'm here to discuss the horrors of the world, be it fictional or real. This week we are going very much fictional with a guest, with a movie that is part of one of the biggest franchises, It's Scream 2. So this week I am joined by Griff from the Paul and Griff show. Hi Griff. How are you doing? You alright? Yeah, good. How are you? Oh, living the dream. All good, all good. Um, so for those who don't know who you are and your podcast, why don't you uh, tell them about it? Hi, Griff from the Paul and Griff Show. We pretty much chat movies all the time, do a bit of movie news and some crazy like top sixes. But yeah, we just chat films, films, films. I do like your movie news. You go into quite detail sometimes with that, don't you? We do. Sometimes the, the news dries up, but the good thing is we keep on getting movie trailers, which makes it really easy to talk about. Hmm. and we, we just kind of see what kind of takes our grabs our attention for that week obviously it was a bit slow at first what with the pandemic and nothing's coming out but we, we seem to keep getting releases it's okay when netflix are releasing a film every week so yeah you always get like a netflix trailer but yeah we just tried to add in a little bit of news just to break up the episode a little bit yeah, no, it's cool. So, um, no, I've listened to them and I, I do like the news. And I, I can imagine at the moment it's quite hard to get a lot of the, the the movie news that you would have got maybe a year and a half ago. <laughs> I know. Look where it's like we just grab a couple of things. I think when this all comes and this all cinemas are open and all that, maybe the, mm. the movie news bit will be a bit of a longer segment. But at the moment we just grab some yeah. snippets and kind of just if people don't like the film, it just gives them something else to to listen to yeah exactly yeah cool so uh obviously this is horror um you're coming on to so are you a fan in general of horror yeah, yeah i love horror i do love the the teen slasher horror genre like especially i'm more kind of oh really yeah rather than like ghosts and stuff like that i'm not saying i don't enjoy that but i, I do love the the teen slasher genre so what would be your favorite then your kind of favourite horror genre. I'm a big psychological horror fan. So what would your kind of horror... So obviously the slasher. So what would be yours, your favourite slasher film? Oh, the Godfather of slasher film, Scream. <laughs> the creator of the teen slash genre. Um, yeah, massive Scream fan. I, for some reason, just, just loved it. And I never get bored of watching it. I think it's very hip. It's very young very fresh i i do think it kind of turned the genre it, it pumped it to life a it genre. brought the horror genre back didn't it it really did because you've got your kind of halloweens and all that i think i was getting a little bit tired obviously with and obviously friday the 13th and like jason takes manhattan and all that kind of stuff i, I just found this had characters that were relatable and you kind of cared about them whereas all these other films you kind of just get introduced to people just for them to die and you don't really know them there's not really that many reoccurring characters and whereas he kind of relate you kind of you know some of these characters you, it, and and i love the fact that this could actually happen which which i know kind of has people like dressing up and just killing people it it, it just felt fresh yeah, what they say, because um, when I think of horror myself, like I always go back to more of the 80s, obviously, you know, I'm a big fan of um, like Science of the Lambs, which is in the 90s. But I feel like and it's been said as well that the that Scream kind of brought the horror franchise back a bit, because then obviously you had to know what you did last summer and 
then all these kind of teen slashers as you call them um kind of came out after that so yeah no i agree but i i've seen scream uh the first one when it first came out and um i thought it was just brilliant and i loved the sorry spoilers there will be spoilers all the way through this um and i loved because obviously i'm a massive drew barrymore fan i i she's the same age as me i think she's a year younger and uh obviously i followed her from her et days and firestarter and when you see her at this you think oh drew barrymore and then she's dead within seconds she's the poster girl she's the poster and and the person you know she's the poster girl and how genius to like take her out in five minutes or ten minutes oh i thought it was amazing because i think it kind of like i think when they do that it's like no one's safe all bets are off you know all bets are, all off. Bets are off because she at the time thinking about it obviously you've got courtney cox off the whole friends thing but drew barrymore would have been yeah she would have been the biggest film star i think friends was only like into like two seasons I, I yeah don't th- because I don't it was like, like 94 95 that started wasn't it i know i think neve campbell had party of five but i don't think she had mm. a big don't think she had a big part in that there was no one really Which, like yeah. big like david arquette i would think he was kind of no. unknown really um yeah no i wouldn't have i didn't really know who he was back then but um i knew who drew barrymore was <laughs> like do you know what i mean so um yeah no that's a really good choice but the the uh you were saying about how relatable and all that kind of stuff but this the idea for this film actually did come it is based on i think loosely kind of on a yeah. true yeah like Danny Rowlands, he was uh, the Gaines, Gainesville Ripper who did murder some students and stuff in Florida. So I think, you know, it kind of does have, it does have that element to it of um, something that could actually happen. And that's the thing about slasher films. You know, they could happen in yeah. a sense. Like I know with your Michael Myers and your your Jasons and Krugers and stuff, like they're kind of these superhuman people. So it's a bit different. Whereas um, Ghostface you know, you could you could actually kill him, whereas with the others, they never seem to die. And yeah, like people just can put masks on and kill, and just because someone's done it, someone else can put a mask on and reenact it. That and that's that's the scary reality of it, really. Yeah, I know exactly, and I suppose that's what makes it easy to kind of do, um, like the franchise, you know, because we we have what. I think Scream 2 came out like a year later in 97. They were filming, um, they were writing Scream 2 while filming Scream 1. Scream 3 was 2000, but Scream 4 didn't actually come out until 2011, which was quite a big gap, I thought. Um, And now we have Scream 5, which is apparently going to be released in 2022, which is like 26 years later. How do you feel about the fifth one? I'm well excited. Like when four came yeah, out, like, when four came out, it was like it was Christmas again, and I really enjoyed it. Five, I I like it. I'm well excited. I don't know how I feel about some of the rumors and some of the theories that they want to do. Ooh, Obviously, what have Matthew, you heard? What have you heard? That Matthew Lillard wants to come back. So are they going to make it that Stu's kind of not dead? Which oh, I don't do like. I didn't like the fact that the end of three, they kind of undid one by saying that he was the mastermind behind it i don't do any kind of that well i which i will mention in a bit once we start talking about scream 2 but i spotted something in scream 2 that i've never seen before is there someone in the background of the party yeah Yeah. i'd never seen that before and i spotted that this time um okay might as well say which was matthew lillard when mickey was hugging him and I was like, I never seen that before. But then I was like, how could he not be dead after that death? After that, you know, uh, what fell on his head? TV. Well, TV. And, and not, not, TV not a flat screen TV you get nowadays. A big, a big, a big, a big ass telly on his face. Uh, and he's he's publicly come out and said, I- I'll happily do it. But knowing how Matthew Lillard's career is, I don't kind of blame him. He's not really kind of set the... I, I do think he's a really great actor, um, apart from the Scooby-Doo movies. I think he's he's not really been in a lot. I I hope if he's in it, it's a flashback. Obviously, you can do a you can do great things with technology nowadays with aging. Um, I I just don't want them to get silly with it. I actually thought I before they were going to kill off some of the main cast and we're going to have a fresh new group of people to kind of follow. 
So it was really weird that the the the, the main three still survived. Yeah, but I like them in it. I do. I but you're gonna get it. when we talk about two, like uh, you're gonna hear a little bit like, do we should just go? <laughs> <laughs> it's not for the one they're trying it's not for the one they're trying, the one they're trying. Um, yeah. but yeah I, I'm very excited about it because obviously in the midst of all of this you had the Screen TV series which I did watch series one I kind of gave up yes. and I don't think I even bothered watching season two it... oh I did did it get I better? I don't remember them no no I I don't remember it but I remember I enjoyed it so I, if, I, if season three came out I'd need to watch them I'd need to watch it again and then I, you know, because I, my memory is so bad, I forget everything. So whenever I rewatch a film, it's like it's new to me because my memory is so shit. I just know they made the decision not to use the mask, like the iconic mask, which um, I don't know. Scream is the mask, and um, but yeah, I, I, I do love it, and I'm hoping five is um, be interesting. Cause obviously, Wes Craven, God bless him, is kind of no longer with us, and this is the first film without his um, input on it. So, but I am glad that, like, especially Neve Campbell. Um, I absolutely love her. I met her once at yeah? Comic Con. Oh, yeah, I've got amazing. a picture up on my wall um, of her uh, where she. I paid to get her, um, and as you can see, if you look behind me, you can see a picture on the mantelpiece of like a tall woman. Oh, that's yeah. me and Sig- that's me and Sigourney Weaver. <laughs> I can make out this Sigourney. I can make out. I fucking love Sigourney Weaver. Yeah, so I went and met Sigourney Weaver, but I also paid to go and see um, Neve Campbell. And when I went up to to meet her, it was literally, you go up, meet her. She says, hello, you sign and go. But her pen didn't work, so I got an extra minute with her. Nice. And we were just chatting. Nice. I know. She looks amazing. And this was, a, I think this was in, oh, 2000, I don't know, maybe, I had my kids, so maybe 2017. I can't remember, the, it wasn't that long ago, and she looks amazing she looked so, great in um i think the yeah. last thing i've seen her in was like house of cards oh i've never well, seen that but, she, um... she, she doesn't come into it to like the fourth or fifth season but um yeah she she always looks great and she should be in more stuff she hasn't really she's kind of gone back to tv and not really been any big main film parts really but i think she's a great well, she actress kind of, i think she's brilliant and she's got because like obviously the craft great film she's kind of one of those actresses that is amazing and is in been in some big films like this and the craft and stuff like that but she never kind of made that a-list no. yeah. celebrity like you know your tom cruises and stuff which i think she should have yeah you know but you find you find that with some actors and actresses you feel like they should kind of have more of a you know status than they do but you know there's probably the plus side to that where she gets to have a little bit of a private life yeah. you know compared to them who are followed around um because you don't really know much about neve campbell no she's kind of know? Um, not mysterious but yeah she she keeps her private life quite private you don't really hear any rumors about her no and i'd be honest with you like teenager and 20 year old me used to love all the celebrity gossip um whereas now i don't i don't really care like i i i like the film stuff i'm not really interested so it kind of it kind of suits me but teenage me i would have wanted to know it all <laughs> i love a bit of gossip but you're right i think now because being older myself and wiser you kind of feel for them and they should have their privacy i think george clooney said it i think george clooney said it best when he was like everyone's jealous of me but i can't walk down the streets of new york like ever exactly because I, I i seen an interview actually because um with jennifer aniston and she said that um the day before friends was released or something they got to go to vegas and the guy who was running it said um enjoy yourself because this is the last time you're going to get to do anything without somebody knowing who you are so they all went off the six of them had a great time and then the next day they haven't they've never been able to do no. anything really since like yeah so you're right it's kind of it's, it's a lot to i i couldn't handle it that's for sure no and i think i wouldn't want it some stories are really patience about it but I, i've known where people said oh, i've bumped into such and such and kind of tried to talk to him and it was a little bit offish i'm like i said he probably gets it all the time i know <laughs> probably he probably just had a row with his wife he probably can't <laughs> even he can't even have a pint without like oh i know who you are mm. <laughs> it's just yeah, so you feel for him, but I suppose it comes with the territory, really. 
and when I was 17 I was in a nightclub and I shouldn't have been in a nightclub and I I think Gary Lineker was there and he used to play for was it Port no Tottenham Hotspur did oh, he play for Tottenham Hotspur yeah. yeah and uh, I was in love with him and I when I was 17 I looked about 10 and I walked up to him and was like Gary will you dance with me and he was like no okay <laughs> <laughs> savage <laughs> i know and i swear to God, honestly when i was 17 i did i looked about 10 i shouldn't have been in there and uh i was devastated and then i never liked him after that <laughs> after that like he's dirt yeah fuck him <laughs> look what he's missed out on <laughs> he could have been with this <laughs> we are going way off track here um okay let's get talking about um the film that is scream 2 students were murdered last night during a sneak preview of the new movie Stab. It's starting again, Randy. This has nothing to do with us. Randy, a guy in a ghost mask hacked up two people in the movie theater telling our life story. Hi, Gail Weathers, author of the Woodsboro Murders. Do you think the killer will strike again? We have no evidence that this is a serial killer. It's a classic case of life imitating art, imitating life. Are you suggesting that someone's trying to make a real-life sequel? Do you think someone's trying to duplicate Woodsboro? It looks like it. I think you have a copycat on your hands, Chief. Hello? Hello, Sydney. Remember me? What do you want? I want you. It's showtime. Are everywhere. There is some freaked out psycho trying to follow in Billy Loomis's footsteps. You probably already know. The way I see it, someone's out to make a scene. So it's our job to observe the rules of the scene. Number one, the body count is always big. Number two, death scenes are always much more elaborate. You just want to sit here and wait and see who drops next? I'm not interrupting anything, am I? So Scream 2 was released in December 1997 in Canada and the US, but it didn't hit the rest of the world until 1998. It was directed by the great late Wes Craven and written by Kevin Williamson. It's an 18 and on for just over two hours and had a budget of about $24 million and grossed, oh nice, over $172 million worldwide. This film, I was actually in America at the time it came out, but it did come out when Titanic came out. Do you remember Titanic coming out? Yeah, I remember Titanic coming out. I think when Titanic came out, Leonardo DiCaprio wasn't cool. As in, like, for 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 guys, for, I don't know, an 18-year-old lad, like, it wasn't cool to go and watch Leonardo DiCaprio movies. But now, like, a little bit older, DiCaprio's amazing in everything he does. But back then, that, back then he was still kind of cheesy DiCaprio that all the women all the all the women love and it's like I'm not watching a DiCaprio movie because um, I remember Romeo and Juliet which was amazing but I think because I studied Romeo and Juliet I did watch Romeo and Juliet but yeah I remember I remember Titanic um it's still a great film it is I was I was I went to see that at the cinema in America when it came out and um I remember Jackie Brown do you remember the film Jackie Brown well, that was at the same well. time but I don't remember Scream 2. So that's weird because I was there and they because they all kind of came out, um, you know, in, around December time. Um, but with this one, we've talked a little bit about uh, about the first one. But in the second edition, we leave Woodsboro and follow Sydney Prescott, played by the great Neve Campbell and Randy Meeks, played by Jamie Kennedy to Windsor College in Ohio on the opening weekend of a movie known as Stab, which is a film based on the real events of the Woodsboro, uh, Westboro, is it Woodsboro or Woodsboro? Woodsboro. 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 I've got Westboro here. <laughs> Woodsboro murders. Uh, two students, Maureen Evans, played by Jada Pinkett, now Pinkett Smith, 
and uh, Phil St uh, Stevens, played by Omar Epps, are murdered. Evans is murdered in front of a crowded cinema while everyone watched a movie, thinking it's simply a publicity stunt, so no one helps. It soon becomes clear that Ghostface is back and intent on killing Sydney and anyone else that gets in their way. This turn of events sees the return of Gail Weathers, played by Courtney Cox, and Deputy Dewey, played by David Arquette, and chaos ensues. That's like my favourite line. <laughs> <laughs> it so does. <laughs> It does. So um, you've mentioned how Scream uh, 1 is like your favourite movie. How does that compare to Scream 2? Did you like this film? I did. I, I think it's kind of a, a near on like perfect sequel. It, it kind of, it, well, Randy says it perfect, like rules of a sequel. You kind of up the notch with more killings, more more stuff. It, it again it's almost like a film within a film and I think it's very clever with the whole cinema stuff and them going to a film and they're thinking of a publicity stunt which again is quite it's quite scary you actually imagine that kind of stuff would happen and obviously you're going to see a film called Stab and you see that you think oh my god this is part of a, this is this is a great show here and how haunting it might be that that actual person like and obviously everyone's going out buying Ghostface costumes as soon as Screen came out so they really do touch on how realistic it could be. But um, I love it. I, I love the first two because I don't think they intentionally go out to be like a whodunit. Mm. But you do try to work out like who it is. Oh, definitely. Did you find the whole, because um, obviously the start of it, they're in the cinema, they're watching it everyone's losing their shit running around shouting screaming popcorn flying and stuff like that and as you mentioned people dressed up in the masks i found that so stressful because i'm a cinema person who i don't even like to hear someone breathe and it annoys me <laughs> I'm, I'm really bad i don't actually go to the cinema much anymore because i just can't stand the noise um but it, it's you know because what you said how she's doing all that uh, she's getting stabbed no one's taking any notice but the the noise of everyone like, could you imagine going to a cinema and seeing that? Oh, especially with a film you're excited to see. You're like, I don't like. I don't like when people talking during the trailers. I'm like, I'm like, I know you want I'm, to see the trailers. This is the best bit. I haven't even come for the film. I've come for the trailers. But yeah, I think because it pays on your anxiety and you kind of, oh my god, how stressful all this is, and it. Yeah, I think it really it kind of hits a nerve a little bit. And then obviously very unsettling that all of a sudden, like, she's getting stabbed. She's being murdered, yeah. Yeah. Really. And when they start to realise, they're like, you can see a few of them, can't you? That Because it's kind of got this weird shot and the, the few of them are kind of like, is this happening, isn't it? And then they all kind of slowly start to realise that, yeah. okay, maybe this is... They either think that it's a bit too realistic and they don't like it or some of them think that it's actually happened i wasn't quite sure what it was but it's 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 one of the two the shot where she but, gets up on stage and just yeah. collapsed that's um i don't think i even knew who jada pickett was like back then it's only like when you kind of watch it nowadays like oh my god that's Will smith's wife because <laughs> she, she's she's quite a i don't know if she's like bigger actress back then um but again to kill off someone yeah no I, I i don't know what she was in um but obviously she went on to have a amazing career and still does um but i thought it was a really good intro and it's kind of like um scream one it kind of hits you you know really quickly that something's going on here because obviously with drew barrymore dying it was a big shock to the system and then they're at this and it's a big shock to the system for someone to die and then they just kind of smooth into uh Sydney at university. Yeah, I think like the phone's ringing, and and I think it's very. I, I don't know if it's technology, obviously, back at the time, but obviously back then, obviously, it was the first ever week that you see call who's calling you. So I thought it was very good when she picked up the phone and like, who is this? I'm like, okay, I'll tell you who it is. And I thought that was a very okay. Technology's changed. Technology's changed, and she isn't as phased. Cause I suppose they could take the sequel in one of two ways, but. Here you can see, like, obviously it happens a lot. It's followed her a little bit, but, like, she's literally, like, yeah. 
I've, well, she's, I've... she's used to it, isn't she? She's probably used to it at this stage. She gets them all. Um, uh, but I did, there was another thing actually, because her roommate, Hallie, played mm. by uh, Elise Neal, she comes in, and I never noticed this before either, but the Freddy Krueger jumper oh, hanging I in the closet. Know. Oh, I never noticed that. Yeah, next time you watch it, just look behind. They've got a Freddy Krueger. And I was like, it's so weird. Like, because you're probably like me. You watch the same film sometimes, yeah. a couple of times. Um, and I've seen Scream 2 many times. And I never noticed it before. Just like the Matthew Lillard thing. I've never noticed that before. And I was like, you know, so it's. I just love the way. Because obviously Kruger is a Wes Craven thing. And I do love how they stick these little things in. Because in the first one, they do it with the janitor. Yeah. Um, so I, I just thought that was um, a nice little touch. But yeah, I, and then obviously they bring it into uh, Sydney finding out about the murders and then we know that it's it's all going to start up again. It's all happening again. And I thought it was yeah. clever, like, because at first you're like, oh, they just killed two strangers. Like, what's this got to do with... Then you find, yeah, out, the na- exactly. find out the names all have, like, yeah, a reason Evans that they, they've, Stevens, been, yeah. they've been chosen. Yeah. Which very very powerful beginning I, I remember like before seeing screen two all the rumors i think i heard about the cinema scene before seeing it mm. oh those are people with masks on in the cinema and you're expecting it when you see it it's just kind of mm. haunting but yeah that's, i'll have to look out for the freddy krueger um yeah like i said i i, I only know i've seen that film probably a good six times or something and i'd never spotted it before until until that thing but that's what i like about film it's like you're watching movies and yeah you like how many times have you spotted something that you didn't notice before and it's only something small but you're kind of like oh i i I never seen that before but um and i think with that scene as well it kind of also gives us the the um first scene it gives us like signs that there's two killers because like when he when stevens phil stevens walks into the toilet and those two ghost face yeah kind of look at him and you know um you know when Cece's on the phone you know Sarah Michelle Gellar's character we we see a guy in the background while she's on the phone you know so there's there's things that kind of suggest it's two killers um that kind of I suppose repeating yeah what happened in 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 Woodsboro but what what do you think of the whole kind of like um because obviously this film and the first one they really mock the whole horror genre you know, because like Cece's running up the stairs and then when Sydney says she's running up the stairs when she should be running out the door, you know, do, do you like the whole comedy aspect that they have where they completely rip horror apart? I do. Cause I don't, I, it's not like ripping it like slapstick, but I think hmm. I think it just shows like it's, it's easy for us to watch TV and be like, oh, my God, why are you going out? Why are you going up the stairs and out the door? But when you're actually being chased and your mind's not thinking straight, <laughs> you're just... Yeah. Yeah, it's just crazy. I, I kind of feel like it. It takes the Mickey out of horror in the case of like it's a nod to it. Because mm. I think in the, I, I think on the DVD for Screen One, I think the trivia's like it mentions it name drops like thirty two like horror movies, so, some mm. stupid figure like that. So I, I just like that it kind of tongue in cheek kind of way but I think yeah. in, in the way that like it's a respect to it and hmm. yeah it may be stupid that I'm going up the stairs but I've made a scene where like it's I'm going to really panic and that's the why I've chosen to go up the stairs because I'm just trying to get away mm. yeah no and um, I thought because I another thing I didn't really take much notice of before you mentioned the whole teen slasher thing how many like teen like you've got stars kind of are in this like the whole Sarah Michelle Geller off of Buffy? Did you watch Buffy? I wasn't a Buffy person. Did you? Watch, yeah, I watched Buffy. Buffy I, I don't know if this was only when Buffy. I don't know if season one had just come out, but yeah, because I think Buffy started in like ninety six, ninety five, ninety six. Yeah, was it? so she wasn't really yeah. a household name yet. Okay, but um, because I don't know. Even though I watched Buffy, I was a bit late to the party. I don't think I started watching until season okay. four. One of those were like, yeah. oh, this is supposed to be good. Um, I kind of been watch it but yeah that's it you got josh hart in it that yeah really from, um, um dawson's, dawson's creek. creek he kind yeah. of was in one scene which i thought we'd see more of him um yeah yeah because you had and like it was like the whole tory spelling and luke wilson thing and heather graham and david, stuff like swimmer. That. So david he... swimmer is um 
David Schwimmer plays old Billy, don't he, in Stab? No, that was Luke Wilson. Oh, is Luke Wilson? Was they? Oh, David Schwimmer gets mentioned. No, yeah, because they they do the whole friends thing, like it was my head yeah. and Jennifer Aniston's body, and you know, uh, yeah, David Schwimmer plays it. Yeah, um, but yeah, I think it, that's the one thing they really do kind of bring in everybody. Like I thought, Sarah Michelle Gellar's character was quite interesting actually, because she was so harsh. Yeah. Like she was really hard. Like, do you know what I mean? She was supposed. You know, she was supposed but... to be even harsher. I think I've read like she was really supposed to be like, oh, is this your scary voice and all that? I think she was really supposed to. But I think they told. Yeah. I think they yeah. told her to like. Calm yeah, it down a bit. Like, calm it down a bit. Like you're supposed to be scared a little bit. Like you're. You're going to die like in this scene. We don't really want you to kind of. But yeah, I mm. think earlier scripts, she wanted to actually be. I don't know if kind of Buffy got to her like, I'm supposed to be a kick ass like vampire killer, so voices are going to scare me. But yeah, she's very good in the scenes that she in, and she is kind of almost bratty. Yeah, yeah, well, I, I was kind of watching her and I was like, this is obviously the character and not Sarah Michelle Gellar. I don't know her. Um, and I was like, my God, she comes across as such a bitch. <laughs> she really does come across as such a bitch. Like, and I think the problem is with that is that you obviously you don't want anyone to die in that in that fashion, but you don't care about her. No. Do you know what I mean? Like you care about um, Hallie and you care about um sydney and dewey and all that kind of stuff um but you don't care about her so kind of like these additional characters like i think they almost should have killed off you know the two like uh the sorority sisters the sorority... <laughs> and when i watch this because like when you're watching that scene where they come up and they're trying to like talk to uh, sydney about pledging and all this kind of stuff and you can see mickey played by Timmy Timothy Oliphant, who's kind of there looking at it and going, Jesus Christ. And I was watching them and I was like, do people actually fucking carry on like this? <laughs> like, oh my God. Like if two pe- girls or boys come up and spoke to me like that, I'd be like, what are you doing? <laughs> this is so annoying. And it's interesting, like she went on and, pl- I don't know if you've ever seen Urban Legend, but obviously she ends up, mm. again, spoiler like, alert, like she ends up being the killer in that, which I thought was clever for her to take from that. But mm. yeah. The Strawberry Sisters um, should, should have got it. They, 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 otherwise, they just kind of feel like a real pointless kind of addition to the movie, really. Mm. Um, yeah, I agree. I definitely would have been like um, like Sydney in that scene, you know, when he was like, are you going to dress like them? She's like, that's not going to happen. That, nah, that, that would have been happen. But it was just. But I think it's interesting because obviously I, I've seen this as well back in uh, the 90s how you look at things because back then that wouldn't have annoyed me as as much whereas now i'm just like oh i couldn't stand those girls like you know what i mean (laughs) i just would not have wanted to know them but i think you know obviously that's probably the whole point of it no one wanted to like why Uh, but i suppose that's a big culture in america isn't it the whole sororities um, and um, sorority and frat thing i I suppose it plays on the whole because obviously he gives his whatever they're called letters gave his letters yeah Yeah. to Sid and that kind of ties in with him getting tied up on like yeah the cross so I suppose it's part of college isn't it American college for fraternities and sisterhoods well I I because I used to live in America um I went lived in America in my 20s and I I lived with an American girl and I used to ask her questions about the schools you know and I was like is it really that real like the way you know because you watch these films and the the popular kids and it seems yeah. a lot more extreme than what i remember it being like when i went to school and she she was like it's worse she goes it's so much worse and <laughs> i was like toned down <laughs> she says yeah that's what she said she goes it's a lot worse um but yeah it's oh god i just i i i couldn't deal with that like as a as an english irish person i just I just couldn't deal with that. I was kind of okay. Spoiler alert coming up, but um, probably, but like Mickey, I kind of got. What does this say about me? But I was kind of more relatable to him sometimes, like with his kind of the way he was towards people. Um, he plays a really good part. He plays a really good part in it. Such a good part. I didn't realize until like not on this rewatch, but I think. I watched it like because we covered like the whole screen kind of trilogy 
Mm. How little he's in. Like after the um I think I love you kind of scene. Yeah. You don't really see him until the big un- like reveal. I remember him being in more. I remember him being in it more. All of a sudden, like f- from that scene, you don't see him again. So you kind of think it can't be him because he was just a friend and he's just just forget but about. But this him. time, I obviously knew knew it was okay. Spoiler alert: Mickey's one of the killers. And um, I obviously knew at this time that Mickey was. I never copped onto it. Like obviously on my first watch. And um, but did you one thing I noticed, I was like, when all commotion is going on, especially when the press is there and all that kind of stuff, he's not phased at all. And he's filming everything. And then obviously we see that scene later on with Dewey and um, Gail showing all this footage. So like there's so many and like the Matthew Lillard scene when Matthew Lillard is at the, um, the, the sorority party and he hugs him. Like Mickey hugs him. Do you know what I mean? And there's like so many cues as to it's Mickey, but I never got any of them that I, it, until it, this watch. Yeah, because. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, because after you see it, you're like, oh, I should have known this. Like, I think the only clue that it, it's the mum is I think when, when Randy dies, he's got a little bit, of, he's got like a kiss mark on his, on his hand or his. I remember now where it's on. But there's lipstick. Well, there's lipstick on there. And I think it's the only clue that there's a female. Well, I, the only reason I know this is because I've seen it online. I didn't figure this out for myself. Um, so, And this was today. You know when he's being um, killed yeah. in the car, in the van thing, and there's a TV on in the background? That news reporter is her. And they're like, yeah, I never seen that. I didn't I've even spot. I could see it was I could see it was a female, but I didn't take much notice of it because I was too busy with that. Um, and I wasn't expecting it to be her. But when you think about it, she was while um, Mrs. Loomis, um, Laurie Metcalf, wasn't a big character in this. She was a big character in the sense that they made a point of making sure she was there a lot. And being annoying to to Gail Weathers, like she was there a lot, you know. And she Why was never her? with Sid. She was never in the scene with Sid until the end. So that's clever. Yeah. That, that's really yeah. clever. But then, yeah, you, you think Courtney Cox would would because obviously Billy Loomis has died and they'd report it. At, at first, you think surely they must investigate who the mum is. But then, as Sid said, like she looks a hell of a lot different. She's lost a hell of a lot of weight. A lot, of, a lot of work and stuff, yeah. Yeah. But that was clever. And the motive is there. Yeah. The motive is oh, totally 100%. there. And Good old-fashioned revenge. And I love the way that Mickey's just a psycho. <laughs> he just he just wants to blame the movies. What do you think? What that, That's a... Actually, I think it's a really interesting topic because obviously, without going into things, there's been situations where stuff has happened because of what they've seen or read like slender man for instance that there's one um you know what do you think about the whole because i think some guy did something once because of call of duty um some kid killed someone once because of call of duty um i think he was only a, a kid i think he was definitely under 18 um what what do you think with regards to violence and people committing crimes and blaming like movies or, or computer games or something like that it's hard because you don't know what's going on you don't know someone's mental health um to encourage it obviously 20 years ago me would be like it's just it's just it's just an excuse like it's easy to blame the movies it's easy to play the games but i think as society's changed and some people are glued to like their TVs at that. I can kind of I kind of see it, but in the same way there are kind of warnings in place and stuff. It's a very tricky um topic, but I don't think anything we see should be to blame. But some people's mental health kind of I can see it could trigger them to kind of go and do it yeah no i i i don't blame film at all like obviously there's this scene and here he goes 
um, they were stabbed while watching the movie called Stab, you know, this type of thing. Um, I don't, I don't blame, I don't blame anything, to be honest with you. I think because there's the, like, obviously I do true crime stuff. I think there's the whole thing where, you know, you and me could have exactly the same horrific upbringing, for example, and you could turn out fine and I could turn out not fine. And I think it, it's, you know, you, it's, it's the way I'm kind of built. It's the way you're built. Um, and I think, you know, it's, I think there's so few instances where people do these things because they've watched something on telly. Do you know what I mean? And, and if you take film, like horror in film or whatever you want to call it away, or in games, then you have to take away a lot of other things too. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Um, so while I think people unfortunately do see things in films, I think it's more that it's a way that they do it. So I think it's like if they see a film where someone's like stabbing and they want, they, they already have it in them to do those things, then that's kind of how they pick it because they want to be like that person, so to speak, if you know what I mean. But I, I do, I, I don't think like obviously you should stop. But then I have the luxury of saying that because I haven't been affected by someone. And that's the way I always kind of look at things. It's like it's easy to have an opinion about something so serious when you haven't had to experience it totally and like yeah. like billy says in screen one like movies doesn't create psychopaths movies make psychopaths more creative exactly and that that's it in which a fucking such nutshell a, such a powerful line yeah which obviously also could be a little bit behind like i, I know west craven didn't write it but i'd like to think west craven obviously being like one of horror's greatest creators has put that in there to be like my movies don't make psychos. They're already their mental health is already gone. It may give people some creativity, which obviously isn't his fault. But that could come from a Stephen King book. That could come from from anything. Well, anything on TV nowadays, obviously, because yeah. TV is the new TV is the new cinema with TV programs mm. being more gripping. Like, what do you do? How how much do you tone it down? Uh, you see people having affairs on TV. Does that does that influence people to go and have affairs and yeah it it would be where does it stop where, where, does, where does it stop and I, I yeah it's a very it's a very tricky subject but i don't blame movies or games and it but it affects people in different ways hmm. no no exactly and i think that's like with any case and i think with games you have a lot of um and films you have a lot of like 15s and 18s and all that kind of stuff out there. And like you said, we've got like Netflix and Now TV and Amazon and all that kind of stuff. You know, if your mum and dad is in bed, like when I was a kid, like I fell in love with horror when I was in single digits. I'd never seen a horror film when I fell in love with horror. I used to go to the video shop and pick up video cases. And that's how I did it because I couldn't get a horror film, you know. And whereas now, you know, you just put on the telly and it's there so there's no control over it so someone who's 13 can watch an 18 and some of the 18s out there no fucking 13 year old should be watching them well no you know, it... whether it's the horror or the sex or whatever and i think that's the thing they, they there's everything's too accessible nowadays it's massively accessible and like i always knew i always knew our tv code was one two three four like I, I can watch any parental lock is, as you say, is massively accessible. And kids are getting given mobile phones when they're like, again, in single digits. And there's websites that can show you horror films. There's, if, it's too easy. If you, want, if you want to watch it, it's too easy to be able to watch it. Yeah. And as Whereas you say, now you like... they shouldn't. No, no, of course they shouldn't. Like I, like, I mean, like I said, I, I've loved horror since I was in single digits, but my horror, like I remember my brother watching Evil Dead 2 and I was like peeking through the keyhole. No one knew I was peeking through the keyhole, but I was. And if I got caught, which I think I did, I'd have gotten in a lot of trouble. And I did, um, you know, or like somebody rented it and you went over to your friend's house and their parents didn't give a shit, you know, that's everything. But in my house, I think Jaws was like the horror 
that we saw maybe maybe the omen and amityville a push but i think i was a bit older then um but yeah it just didn't happen whereas now like i have a child now and she has a tablet but it's a kid's one mm. do you know what i mean um but yeah it's it's going to be a lot harder to monitor yeah. monitor that and so while i can see like you know, I, I think Mickey's thing is really interesting. I'm going to blame the movies. I think, you know, it's kind of, I would have, to be honest with you, part of me was gutted that we didn't get to see a trial because it would have been really interesting to watch someone that would have been good. actually sit and, you know, because you kind of see Mickey all the way through and he's kind of got this real, like, he he everyone kind of irritates him apart from, like, his mates. And then when the whole killing you know when they're on stage and the killing thing happens he like turns into a completely different character like yeah. he's he's a fucking psycho do you know what i mean totally. and I, I he's such a good actor and i like that about him and he so believes what he's saying i almost feel sorry for him when he gets killed <laughs> especially how he gets killed it's just I know. It's like just, when she she's all blessing he... like yeah with the like and and basically like you know when you billy loomis in the first one obviously he completely manipulates stew which yeah. is matthew lillard's character and mrs loomis does the same to Massively. mickey he's Massively. like she's gonna pay for my 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 legal team and all this kind of shit and then she's just like nah piss off mickey you've done all i need like mm, you've done what i want so yes it's crazy, yeah. I was gutted how he died, and I was kind of gutted that Randy died off screen. Um, yeah, I think I think Randy is a massive part of the screen franchise, mm. and he deserved. I, I think he deserved a bigger death. I would have liked Randy to be to be kept in. I think if you're going to keep um, Dewey, Gale, and uh, Sydney, I think you should have kept Randy as well. I think he would have been good in the third one. I would have liked to have seen him. Well, you get him like the video, don't you? You get him just like a video of you. Seen, yeah. If, you, if you've seen this, like I'm dead. Um, yeah, <sighs> but I would have. Um, I don't know. I think they 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 should have they should have kept him in it. But you know, oh well. Um, but I think like if you, I think one thing about his death, it was really brutal. Like how all that blood, like when they open it up and all that blood, and obviously, you know, we get the reaction that Gail gets. Like she, she really went overkill with that one, Mrs. Loomis. And that was the biggest. He was the, yeah, massively. And he was the first reoccurring character to be killed off. So that's your second mm. kind of trigger warning. The like, oh wow, Randy's like a fan favorite. Like, yeah, anyone can die. Safe. Anyone can die. Yeah. And, and I like that they did it in the in the in the TV van because I liked the TV guy, you know, the camera guy. Yeah, Joel. Um, yeah, I thought that was really good because he 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 was obviously a bit of a comic relief to the whole thing, but I think they did it well. I think he did it well. Apparently, there's his idea to be like, I'm off, like I ain't sticking around. I know what happened mm. to your last camera guy, which I think but, is right. That's the logical thing to do. You, you, you just wouldn't like, oh, like you've written a book about this. I know how this ends. I'm out of here. No jobs like. Worth and then he this. comes back at the end. Oh, I'm here now. <laughs> no, but he's the smartest one. He's the only smart one in the bloody thing. He's like, oh, no, I'm going. I'm not sticking around for this. Like, do you know what I mean? It'd be interesting to know if, was she going to kill Randy all along? Or was it only because he started bringing up like how Billy, her darling I boy. Think she did. Yeah, because there he was. She's, Billy's a pansy ass mama's boy and all this kind of stuff. That scene's so great. I suppose the build up to it's great just wouldn't mind seeing it on screen like but you see the you see the van rocking and the kids playing the ghetto blasters like oh, i know perfect just, timing but perfect timing that that was a powerful um it's just bless him he he, he was great and because I, I loved the earlier on with the um them just all talking about movie sequels because the conversation you have your mates like that was a movie, great scene what movie sequels are scene. better almost mm. again like I knew they were going to say The Godfather Part 2. It is better. I knew they were going to say that. Like, I mean, better. Aliens. Okay. I am not a fan of The God. I only seen The Godfather films, I think, in the last 10 years. And everyone's gone on about them. And I am not... I thought they were good. 
but I'm not a big mafia film type. I like The Irishman. I liked Donnie Brasco, but I'm just oh, not. Donnie it's Brasco like when you tell people. But when you say to people, it's it's like the Beatles. I'm not a big fan of the Beatles. I think they're all right. Um, but it's like when you say that, it's like there's this thing where people are like, I have to say I like The Godfather and I have to say I like the Beatles. <laughs> I don't like the Beatles. <laughs> I, think they're over, I think they're overrated but yeah I get what you mean when someone bigs something up so much you kind of you're almost forced to like it before you've even seen it yeah and I, I mean I watched them and I enjoyed them I thought they were good but I wasn't like okay you know type thing um, Aliens is obviously like one of my favourite films of all time um, rather than Alien so yeah but I thought that was a really because like you said it was a kind of conversation I did like my degree is in film so I, I did a film degree I don't remember having that conversation but it was that type of thing where you sit and just chat about films and um, you know I, I was I remember the first time watching it I was waiting to see what they were going to come out with yeah do you know what I mean uh, that way but I but but I knew they were going to come out with The Godfather because they were, and Terminator 2 obviously um, they're the kind of films whenever you say what sequels are better than their originals apart from well back to future 2 i don't think it was mentioned but that's that's kind of potentially on par with yeah the that was a great one. film but godfather 2 always get those films always get mentioned terminator 2 yeah yeah um, i mean i love terminator 2 i think it's a fucking great film um and obviously aliens is a great film but um yeah I, but I, I just knew they were going to say because everyone always goes on about Godfather too. So they do. But yeah, no, I think I think it's, it, I thought I, I thought that was a, just a really good kind of scene, and I think it's good the way they talk about sequels because it was a sequel. So obviously, it's um it's good for that part. But, it's probably um, exactly what you what you would have said like when you hear Screen Two's coming out, the first thing you say like, oh yeah, but how many yeah. sequels are good are better than the original? Like... Well, yeah, because some films you're just like, like my my uh, episode before this was your next, and everyone was on about a sequel, and I was like, no, they shouldn't do a sequel, and they they didn't, and I was really glad about that, and I think sometimes they should just leave stuff well alone, yeah, you know, or even after a sequel, leave stuff like with like I know this is not very horror, but Frozen, they've done Frozen one and two, two great fucking films like but don't do a third don't do a third yeah it's cash, exactly it's the cash cow merchandise sales and it's mental but yeah there's so many films that should be left alone and some films mm. are like oh i'm kind of glad they did with a sequel but yeah some films if you finish the story perfectly we don't mm. need any more no and sometimes they really do like and then i remember um i did i did an episode of wrong turn and i found out when i did that episode that they had like seven yeah i I knew there was i think we we did the trailer for the news one and we i was like oh my god there's like six before this i remember the first one yeah was it six yeah but but like this is crazy they're just I, i suppose it's just easy they've got the title so many of these films could probably be their own unique film, but like, you know what? If we just call it a, it sounds like yeah. it sounds like a wrong turn film. We'll see if we can get we'll just call it that, yeah. Because there's no reoccurring characters really, because they all no. they always die and no. just. But yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so I no, I I, I thought yeah. It, I think the conversation they had is probably a conversation like you said a lot of people have had with their mates and stuff like that, but um. What what did you think of the whole uh, Mrs. Loomis thing? Did you did you like it that she was? I was. Kind of I was like, she was the hardest, harder one to kind of work out was the killer. Mm. And watching it back, as you say, apart from being kept away from Sid and not always being the action, but mm. I liked the fact that it was a realistic motive. I think you're led to believe it's just it's mm. just lunatics kind of recreating for the yeah, sake of recreating. Yeah, but yeah. copycat, yeah there's a real motive and it was because like Billy in the first one saying like, you know what? Like your, your, your mum slept with my dad and mm. I never got to like see my mum cause she left. It's mm. that kind of realizing moment. Like you killed my darling boy and, and, yeah. and this is why, but obviously they go too stupid. And scream, they're too stupid and scream free. We're like, I'm your long lost brother. Uh, <laughs> 
I did like Scream 3, though. I know everyone's like, but I, I don't, did. The, I don't the, hate Scream 3. I hate the fact that he reckons he, almost, as you say, he manipulated Billy. Mm. And also for Billy to have Stu. I, I did not like mm. that whatsoever. And I think the killer was only in, like, three scenes. It was almost impossible mm. to work out it was him. Mm. Yeah, um, no, no. It was definitely more comedy Scream 3, but as soon as you said it, I'm like the brother you don't even know I've got. I was like, oh, shut mm. up. <laughs> like, uh, the, reaching. The, that's, that's the best thing you can do. Whereas Scream 4 was kind of a return to form kind of. But yeah, I thought she did a cracking job uh, and it really did hit home like, oh shit, you're Billy's mum. Because we never saw Billy's mum in the first one. You don't, No. you can never put two and two together. Ah, you don't know who she is, do you? As soon as she says it, she's like, oh, I just hope Screen 5 isn't Stu's mum. <laughs> <laughs> I know. No, um, when that that whole scene at the end, when they, when obviously they find out who it is and um, she she dies. But I thought, well, we think she's dead. Yeah. And they do that whole thing where they always come back and Mickey comes back and they shoot the shit out of him. But how psychotic was it when... <laughs> Sydney <laughs> shoots her right between the eyes because I thought to myself is she if she is alive wouldn't it kind of be better to maybe tie her hands behind her back or something and let the police have her but she's like no I'm gonna fucking kill her <laughs> no I thought I was, I thought was perfect like yeah just in case this has happened too many times where they've come back and no yeah. but in the real world in the real world do you know what I mean they'd be like why did you why did you shoot her? That's murder, man. Because technically she murdered her. <laughs> and Cotton Weary's reaction, just like whoa. <laughs> point, actually, I was going to ask you about that. What did what did you think of Cotton Weary? I thought he was really good in it. Obviously, mm. he never speaks in one. You kind of see him on camera. Mm. So for him to be on here, he's really good. Well, I think he does a good enough part where I care a lot that he died at the beginning of Screen Three. Um, yeah. Spoiler. He, and he's, and he's, you know, <laughs> he's the perfect, perfect motive that it could have been mm. him. You mm. put, you put me away. You blamed mm. me. He's another one where you think could it be him? And yeah, no, I, I think I, he's I the biggest. Him. I think he's the biggest red herring to think he looks like he could be a killer. And he has, um, like, I never know how to pronounce his name, but Liev Schreiber. He has this. He has this look about him that when he is doing that whole um, you owe me 60 minutes and all this kind of stuff. And then when basically Sydney's about to die and he's like, guess that Diane Sawyer interview is looking quite good now. And he's got this he has this look all the time. So he does um, in everything he does where he just if he's being an absolute dick, he plays it so well. And I just think you want your 15 minutes of fame so badly that you're willing to let this girl be murdered yeah <laughs> do you know yeah. what i mean and it's just so good and then when obviously it all kind of calms down and gail you know because gail had been shot and fallen down the stage and then gail gets up and he's just like oh i hope there's no more <laughs> like he's all scared yeah. about what's going on oh he did, did a really so good funny. job because mm. apart from the other red herring obviously the boyfriend derek is probably the second kind of mm. you think it's him is it him He's only getting cut on the arm. They did a very good, but then... Well, they say that they're only... I just read this today. This isn't me. Um, I read that today that the reason... Another clue that it was Mickey was the fact that Derek was only cut on the arm because Mickey and Derek were such good friends that he didn't want to kill him, but then he had to at the end because of oh. how it kind of all played out. So, Because Derek, yeah. Derek and... Hallie originally um, were going to be the two Hallie, killers. Yeah, they were going to be the two that killers. Worked. That would have made no sense. And I think I think there was going to, they were supposed to kind of everyone ends up being dead. So yeah, there was never going to no be sense. there was never going to be a screen free. I think I would have been like the boyfriend again. So I'm kind of glad they kind of changed it. it. The, I didn't. Yeah, no, I was like, nah, it wouldn't have made sense if it was him. It'd have been too obvious if it was the boyfriend again. Because obviously, you know, when he's tied up after he gets, you know, that prank by his uh, frat brothers because they gave away the letters and he's tied up. And I'm like, 
no and then she doesn't believe him obviously because she's got trust issues and all that kind of stuff so i kind of think it's um yeah no it it wouldn't have been good if it was him it wouldn't have been good, good. At all. you would have trust issues you've just kind of mm. well you've slept with a, a mess killer like <laughs> so yeah completely it, it's it, i all know i think i think it's a it's, it's a proper great film i love the fact they still kept the the voice actor roger jackson mm. um mm. very creepy voice but yeah i'm just glad they yeah. didn't go with the boyfriend again to be the killer do you, do you know what was interesting about the very end of it which i'd never noticed before so she you know everyone's dead that needs to be dead and she's coming out and then um uh gail goes to dewey dewey remember he's in the ambulance and she goes to him cotton is surrounded by press because he's like yeah. oh for there's a story but for a story there's a price and she's on her own and you notice that the shot kind of the aerial shot where she's kind of walking on her own and for until the last kind of second she's just alone all the time and i thought that was a really interesting i never thought of this before i thought that was a really interesting insight until scream three because in scream three she's alone she's living yeah. isolated apart from her dad and i think uh dewey knows where she is or something like her dad does and someone else i can't remember who else um she's alone because she's living out in the middle of nowhere she's got alarms and all this kind of stuff and she's just a she's a counselor by phone yeah she doesn't go into a job and uh, i thought that was quite interesting actually because like she's... Thought of it like that yeah it's pretty, no yeah. I, I didn't either until like this viewing because like hallie's dead randy's dead Derek's dead, Mickey's dead, you know, and Gail's off with Dewey. Yeah. You know what I mean? Cot uh, Cotton's getting his five minutes. Five minutes of fame. Yeah, and she's she's on her own. You know, I thought that I never thought of that until this one. She's just walking off. And then at the very end, you kind of see people walk towards her. Um, But yeah, and then in Scream 3, she kind of has to come out of hiding because she's alone. Yeah. Yeah, I've never no. thought of it like that. No, I didn't either until just just, just watching it. So then obviously uh, Scream Three, I like jump she was hardly in it because she had conflict in which they should have just mm. postponed the film. <laughs> oh, is that <laughs> what it was? Yeah. I didn't know that. She had um a scheduling conflict, that's why she was not in a lot and she was kind of I suppose it worked perfectly with the end of Scream Two and I mm. don't know if that was written in for her to be uh, secluded all on her own. But Yeah. Yeah, everyone around her. It's good. And I suppose there's no one left to trust because she's got, yeah. she's probably, she probably doesn't want to be close to anyone else anymore. No, no, exactly. Because, like, I mean, I know, I think out of them all, Dewey is the only one she would. But Jesus Christ, every time he goes near her, he's hacked to bits. <laughs> you know? That man's got more lives than a cat, for God's sake. I found, like, uh, whatever they did to him in Scream 2 improved his walking in Scream 3. It's like the nerve damage was kind of improved a little bit, like, and he is yoga. It was yoga. <laughs> he really does play on the limp in screen two. When it comes to screen yeah. three, all of a sudden, like you're yeah. moving a little bit more. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, he just believes that he's been working on his that's, self improvement. That's fixed you. That's fixed yeah. you a bit. <laughs> a new film sort of mate. Um, cool. So, is there is there anything else you'd like to like to add? No, I just think it is is a great sequel if no one's seen it in the screen films I, I suppose sorry <laughs> I told you everything that happens but I, I definitely feel if you love horror and obviously you do because you're listening to this show um, you've got to check out Screen 2 it's, yeah they're definitely unfortunately it's not yeah. on any streaming site so I had to polish, yeah, polish on Amazon. I had to polish off the DVD which is oh, like it's, get it's, it on Amazon it's weird I have like probably a thousand DVDs like to my right but it's a bit of a ball ache to put them in. <laughs> it's like, I, I own them because I have to, but it feels like, oh, I've got to put the DVD in. <laughs> You're so old school. So old school, like, oh, I'm going for it to load. But yeah, um, just great, great films. Just, Wes Craven's great. And I don't know if you noticed that the person interviewed, because I always knew that Wes Craven was in the hospital scene, but I mm. didn't know until this, and I read the trivia that, Kevin Williamson, the writer, is the yeah. guy interviewing Cotton Weary in the studio. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't know that either until today. <laughs> Which um, that, that's the only real yeah. thing to kind of add. 
but I like yeah. those little bits though. I like I those do. little bits. I, 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 I love, love a nods. fun fact. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I do. Cool. Okay, so um, for anyone looking for you on your podcast, where can they find you? They can find us on Twitter at Paul and Griff Show, um, or they can find us on Instagram at Paul and Griff Show. It's a long story why the names are different. Um, Twitter just doesn't like as many characters, and they made Instagram first. But yeah, we love <laughs> films. We're, we're, we're on everywhere you can listen to podcasts, just searching Paul and Griff and there we are if you find us on twitter and instagram the link in the bio will take you to all of our links brilliant cool well thanks for coming on and uh, i'll have to get you on again for another thank you for having me thank you for having me you're welcome chat you soon bye bye and for my podcast promo this week it is one that i really enjoy listening to it makes me laugh they cover great films they cover one of my favorite topics which is horror movies it is the Horror Project Podcast. Hello, I'm Phil. And I'm Laura. And we host the Horror Project Podcast. It's a weekly show. It comes out every Friday. Yeah, and we review films old and new with the occasional interview with horror movie insiders. We have loads of fun features. We have a body bag award where we rate our favourite on-screen kills and deaths. We have quizzes, trivias about the film that we're reviewing that week. Yeah, loads of cool stuff. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, all good podcast platforms. If that sounds like your thing, stop by, give us a try. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Bye. And don't forget to rate and review on iTunes and give them some stars and have a good old listen. And I'd like to say thanks for listening to me. And don't forget to rate and review me on iTunes and give me some um, nice feedback. It's always appreciated. But if you want to find more of me, you can find me on Instagram as Once Upon a Nightmare Podcast, on Twitter and Letterboxd as A Nightmare Pod. Odd email as once upon a nightmare pod at gmail.com and on Facebook as once upon a nightmare. Thanks for listening and I will chat to you soon. Bye. The Pod Breed Network is strictly for the small podcasts that are up and coming in the vast world of podcasting. Pod Breed is made up of many diverse podcasts coming together to achieve the same goal of being the best damn podcast network on the planet. Find out more at podbreed.com.